Welcome to the All of Christ for All of Life podcast, brought to you by Canon Plus. This week's episode is the first half hour of an interview with Greg Bonson on Just War Theory. Check out the full interview and the rest of the Just War Theory collection, now available on Canon Plus. I'm here with you. We're going to talk about stuff here today. We have a guest during the first hour. Uh, we're going to talk about war. Is it ever justified? Did we have one of those justified wars recently? Are we uh, cleaning up the aftermath of one or uh, that was justified, or, do we, or did we blow it? Um, is there a way to th- organize our thoughts about trying to figure out these things? Uh, we're going to talk with a fellow who has spent a great deal of time thinking about it. Dr. Greg Bonson is going to be on the line here in just a moment, talking about at least a Christian view of war. Is there such a thing? Does anybody give a rip? Um, is there a, such a thing as a theology of war? I know we've had a lot of God talk this week, um, but we're, we're, we're honoring... The uh, the Congress of the United States is honoring, as you just heard on uh, ABC News just a few moments ago, Stormin Norman for his successful waging of war in uh, in Iraq. Uh, let's stop and think about this question here for a second. We intervened in Panama. Did we make anything any better over there? Did we intervened in Vietnam? Did we really make it any better over there? We've just finished or are in the process of continuing to intervene in Iraq. In Kuwait, did we really make it any better over there? Uh, we have to think about these things uh, if we are to figure out uh, what we're going to do in the future when these issues arise. Uh, later, we're going to talk with Dave Stanley from Iowans for Tax Relief. He says uh, the state, uh, the, the legislature of the state of Iowa is about ready to expire, and it hasn't dealt with uh, the taxpayers fairly. We're going to talk about that for a while, and then we'll have some open topic time during the next hour. Well... Is war ever justified? Dr. Greg Bonson is here. How shall we describe you, Dr. Bonson? Well, I'm a minister of the gospel, Presbyterian by denomination, and currently scholar in residence at the Southern California Center for Christian Studies, where we do a lot of work in publishing and uh, lecturing and debating. Okay. Debating in, uh, on, on what kinds of things? Well, we... Um, we debate the question of God's existence and the truth of the Christian faith. We debate ethical issues, um, uh, Christians' involvement in the world, socio-political matters. And so both in apologetics and in ethics, uh, we try to defend the Christian worldview and show its, uh, its advantages and superiority to its alternatives. If I were to ask you the question just this way, in fact, I'm going to, well, was the most recent war in the Middle East justified? Was Operation Just Cause... Indeed, a just cause. Well, obviously, when you ask the question looking for a yes or no answer, and there has to be a yes or no answer, because I don't think we live in a world of relativism, but it's, it's going to be subject to misunderstanding if there isn't something uh, by way of a lead-in explanation of what a just war is and then how that would be applied. Is, to the is there question. such a thing? I believe there is such a thing as a just war. From the standpoint of biblical revelation, um, though we know war stems from the sinful desires of men, and therefore war is always a spiritual failure uh, for us uh, as human beings, nevertheless, uh, in a fallen world where we have to deal with that uh, sinful nature of man, there are going to be occasions where war is the appropriate response to aggression. So you're not a pacifist? Not at all. I think that uh, though the ideals of the pacifist are correct ideals, and the things that we as Christians should be striving for, 
We will not accomplish that by simply laying down our arms and pretending the world isn't a fallen place with aggressive individuals that will violently take advantage of the innocent. Saddam Hussein took advantage, I don't know about the innocent, uh, but he took advantage certainly of uh, the Kuwaitis. He's a Hitler-esque figure capable of all kinds of atrocities. Certainly, uh, you, you, you must agree that uh, bringing a, a, a tyrannical, lawless individual like him to, to bay is a noble cause, right? Well, he's been described as the butcher of Baghdad, and though there's uh, obviously rhetorical force to that, I think there's moral force to it as well. He is a man that uh, deserves to be uh, driven from power and to be uh, brought to justice for his crimes against his own people and, and other peoples of the world as well. So I guess there's then the no answer... question yeah. about him being yeah. an evil man, that, yeah. and there's no question about it being good that he be brought down. The real question is, what is the just and morally appropriate way for that to take place? All right. I'll, I'll bite. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the, the just and moral way to, to bring his regime to an end? Okay, well, the question, uh, because we asked whether this was a just war, meaning was it just for us as the United States to intervene, the real question is going to become, has God granted to us, the United States of America, the right to police the world? As wrong as Saddam Hussein is, and as ideal as it would be for him to be driven from power, the real question is whether we have been authorized by God to expend the lives and money, property of our citizens in order to accomplish that noble end. Um, and I don't believe that the Bible warrants that kind of thinking for not only the United States, but for any other nation of the world. Um, the problems of the Middle East have got to be taken care of in the Middle East. Our intervention, I'm afraid, betrays something of a messianic complex and way of thinking for us as Americans that, you know, we've got the right answers and therefore we have the right to go anywhere in the world and to impose those answers. Now, that isn't to say that I disagree with, uh, with the goal of having this man uh, driven from power, but I, cer I certainly disagree with the idea that, that our children and our money should be used to do that. Well, well, what about uh, you know these guys? Uh, maybe in the the way the Bible discusses. Well, these guys are our neighbors, right? We're supposed to uh, take care of our neighbors. We're supposed to love our neighbors, right? Uh, wrong. Uh, that that is an analogy which is inappropriate. We um, we are to take care of our neighbors. The Bible teaches that. But it would be a grave mistake to transfer what the Bible teaches about interpersonal relations to international relations. Uh, to treat nations as neighbors with one another in the same way that your next-door neighbor and you are neighbors would be not only a monumental conceptual mistake, but it will lead to ethical mischief all over the place. It's also the truth. It, husbands and wives are supposed to love each other and to have sexual relations with each other, but no one in their right mind tries to transfer that analogy to international affairs. Uh, Jesus told us that when we're dealing with individuals and uh, we can avoid provocation and walk away from a fight, that we're obligated to do that. We're to turn the other cheek. He was not giving instructions for international relations when he said that. So it is true that we are to take care of our neighbors, you know, person on person, but uh, there is no instruction in the Bible that says that we are, as a nation, obligated to uh, expend human life, uh, to spill human blood, to uh, spend the money and resources of a nation to take care of the internal affairs or even the external affairs of another nation. All right, hang on to this. Dr. Greg Bonson is here. He is a theologian who is 
trying to help us think about uh, the nature of war. When is and if it is a just cause? When is it appropriate to intervene? Uh, he's not a pacifist yet, but he's taken us in directions that maybe you didn't expect to. So, geez, we're trying to figure all this out. Plus, if you'd like to join the conversation, here's where, 284-1040. It's 21 after 9 on 1040 WHO Radio. Michelson here with you. As Dr. Greg Bonson is here, and he is a theologian who is uh, uh, talking about war. Whether Under what circumstances is war justified? Uh, a brief question, uh, Doc, before we go to our uh, phone callers, okay? Okay. You were saying, well, yeah, well, all right, we can't use the, the rules uh, that were given for interpersonal relationships to extend them to international relations. That's a mistake. That's right. All right, how about this, then? The United States signed a treaty with the United Nations, which uh, it, it sort of obligates us to... Uh, to use the United Nations as a legitimate international force for, for peace. And everybody acknowledges, well, that's a, that's a noble cause. And you said earlier that peace is a noble cause. Yeah. All right. We agreed, and the United Nations voted to use force over there and to, to uh, get the Iraqis out of Kuwait and authorize the United States to go to war, our own elected representatives, uh, of the United States uh, uh, tacitly accepted that jurisdiction when it uh, agreed to ratify that UN vote. Therefore, uh, we were dealing with this issue through rule of law, through our elected representatives for the cause of peace that validated our jurisdiction, that uh, put the good seal of housekeeping on our on our tactics. Uh, we won. We can now go uh, right off into the sunset, patting ourselves in the back and giving a national award to Storm and Norman in the, in the joint session of Congress. Well, obviously, Jan, there are going to be some uh, uh, people that have trouble believing that uh, anything the United Nations does is automatically morally acceptable. I find it more than just a little bit ironic that many of the socio-political conservatives in this country who have for years railed upon the United Nations for its liberalism and for its interventionism and for principles that they don't agree with, are now all of a sudden willing to use appeal to the United Nations to sanction what they wanted to do in Iraq. When we as the United States intervened in Panama and the United Nations condemned that, we thumbed our nose at the United Nations and said, too bad, we believe that it was morally right and we did it. Now that we have the United Nations behind us in this particular uh, skirmish in Iraq, then we're very happy to appeal to that as our moral justification. And so what happens here, if you're going to be honest, you see, as an ethicist, you have to look at that kind of thing and say, hasn't the United Nations become something of a taxi that we use for our convenience? When it's going the way we want it to go, then we're glad to use it. And when it goes contrary to the direction we want to go, then we openly condemn it. And so the, I don't believe that it um, it's, uh, shows integrity for us to believe that the United Nations is really what we think morally justifies intervention anywhere in the world. Because as a matter of fact, we intervene and don't intervene according to our own desires and according to our own way of thinking, regardless of the United Nations. And then there's the second issue, and that is even if we totally submitted to the United Nations every time it made a, a decision, does the United Nations itself carry um, the moral authority to authorize warfare? 
does it have genuine political jurisdiction anywhere in this world? Or is it a voluntary organization whose advice can be taken or not taken and that sort of thing? I don't believe that we can use the United Nations in a way that's analogous to, say, the Congress of the United States. It's one thing for us to say we have elected officials who make a decision and they have the authority, the political authority, to do, to do that and we submit to them. It's another thing to transfer that by analogy to the United Nations. The United Nations is not a ruling body in this country. And consequently, the appeal to the United Nations is not only, in some senses, hypocritical uh, on our part, but even where the United Nations agrees with us, it can only agree with us if you're going to do this from a moral standpoint. It can only agree with us and therefore give us some kind of sanction in what we're doing, if what we're doing is right. Well, all right. Let's take it from the nationalistic approach here briefly. Okay. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, he was a Hitlerist figure, threatening to lock up and control the, uh, the oil wealth that, uh, that to which uh, Americans and the Western industrial might depends. Uh, and the guy was unstable. He was a threat to the existence of Israel still is, uh, and uh, created great acts of, uh, of, of nastiness with the threat of chemical, biological, and nuclear capacity. It was in the United Nations, uh, and I'm sorry, in the United States' best interest to pull the plug on this jerk. Uh, it is not the United States' right to pull the plug on this jerk until this jerk becomes a direct and immediate threat to us. That is, just war is defensive in its purposes, and when we are at the point of defending our own citizens, of course we have the right to intervene. In an international economy, there, uh, an attack on uh, a, an international resource is an attack on the United States. Uh, no, I don't believe that that thinking can be, um, can be uh, accepted as cogent. Anytime somebody does something in the international economic market, that is going to put a hardship on the United States, uh, you would then be justified in going to war against that person. And, of course, from a Christian standpoint, there's no way we can justify that way of thinking, to think that because my economic well-being is going to be adversely affected by what's happening, say, in the, uh, the Japanese stock market, that therefore we have the right to intervene over there. So the short answer is we blew it? I'm afraid that we blew it, although, you know, you talked about Storm and Norman being honored. It's one thing to say that the political administration made an immoral decision to involve us in uh, something that I don't think God would approve for us to be involved in. It's another thing altogether to say that um, we don't support the troops and the men who are over there. I I'm afraid that uh, there's a lot of shallow ethical thinking on the part of those who do oppose the war uh, that leads them to think, I have to oppose the soldiers and the men who are there. I, I, for one, as you can tell, don't support the political decision to be there. But I'm totally in support of the men who went over and risked their lives and, and I think did, you know, from a, uh, a strategic standpoint, did okay. a fantastic job. I feel a lot better as an American knowing that they're able to do such a, a good job. It's just I don't believe the Bush administration should have sent them to do it. Uh, Dr. Greg Bonson is on our line with us right now, and he is telling you what he views as a Christian view of war. And I think if I think we painted all of the the uh, chased all the the rabbits, didn't we? 
I think we've touched on most of the rabbit trails that we get down in these discussions. Okay, okay. so with that in mind, folks, we're going to take a short time out and come right to our phone lines. What do you think? Do you agree or disagree? He thinks that from, a, from our traditional ethical Christian worldview, we made a mistake getting involved over there. What do you think? Back in just a moment. 9.32 on 1040 WHO Radio. Keith Kirkpatrick is going to join us in about four minutes for our farm and market update. Right now, Dr. Greg Monson is on our telephone line right now from California, from the Southern California Center for Christian Studies, and he's telling us about the theology of war. Doc, let's talk to some of our listeners, okay? Good. Yeah, let's begin with John. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I believe it was uh, Jesus was quoted in the Bible as saying there will always be war and rumors of war. Wouldn't it seem to... Uh, if there's a just God, that he would give us some instrument or institution such as the United Nations to uh, fight these battles and to uh, quelch the rumors? Well, I think that the, that the Bible teaches us God has given us an agency by which war can be dealt with in this world. Um, and that really needs to be seen in two ways. First of all, uh, God has authorized civil government to protect its citizens, and therefore... Uh, even in the outward violent sense of war, God has morally authorized the way of dealing with that, and we can talk more about that. But I think more importantly, as a minister of the gospel, we have to understand that the only way in which we're ultimately going to be able to deal with war is not through the United Nations and other agencies that neglect the spiritual problem of man, but we're going to be able to deal with war by changing the hearts of individuals and teaching them to live at peace with each other. And that's a long, arduous process, and history has seen a lot of ups and downs in it. But we do find in the Christian church that when people come to the Savior, Jesus Christ, that they learn uh, in their growth as Christians to be at peace with each other, and that becomes then a model for other people learning to be at peace with each other. And eventually, we would like to believe that's going to put an end to the kind of easy resort to violence that we see in the world, not only in the criminal element of our world, but also in the wars between nations. And so, yes, God would give us a way to put uh, uh, warfare uh, away, and I think he has given us that way. Unfortunately, the United Nations doesn't uh, agree with the way God has given for ending war, and that's why I don't support it. Well, you speak into the future, but I think if you just look at history, this is not the, the case. Uh, there has been terrible turmoil among Christian nations and Yes, battles. that's right. That's one of the scandals of, of, of Christian history, that so often those who profess the name of the Prince of Peace haven't shown that peace in their own relationships. How would that apply to uh, international relations where you deal with countries that are of, uh, of a different religious spec? I mean, how, how would this even apply in a Muslim situation? Well, obviously, the only way we're going to see uh, the Muslim world be at peace um, within its own borders and also at peace with uh, Israel and at peace with Christian nations is to see the Muslim world converted to the same worldview and religious outlook and ethical standards that we as Christians uh, endorse. But short of that, I mean, you're talking about rule of law then under under the same religious uh, assumptions, but short of that, though, uh, until that, what, what are we going to do in the meantime? Short of, well, short of that, that is, apart from missionary work being accomplished, the only thing we can do is to uh, defend our own citizens against outward aggression. And so when the Muslim world is not willing to live at peace with its Christian neighbors, uh, the Christian neighbors have the right to defend themselves. But we do not have the right to wage some kind of holy war 
uh, of intervention, some kind of crusade to go in there by military might to uh, change their minds or to get them to do their internal affairs in the way that we think is best. So bringing the peace by the sword is is not uh, a just cause. No, I think bringing the peace by the sword is not just ironic. It's a contradiction in terms that should be exposed. Mm-hmm. We do not bring peace by the sword. We may we may be able. And you don't bring convert. The, you don't bring converts by the sword either, right? No, of course not. The only way people are going to change their mind and have a relationship with God and with their neighbor that is different is by having an internal renovation, an uh, internal change of heart mm-hmm. that only the Holy Spirit can give through the preaching of the gospel. All right, this is uh, this is Dr. Greg Bonson, and uh, theologians are paid to talk that way, <laughs> and, and he's talking to us about. Uh, a view of war here, and he says uh, we probably blew it when we took our armies and went uh, went east with them. We're going to come back right after Keith Kirkpatrick ups, updates us in our farm and markets spec right after that. Well, the Oric folks have announced a brand new sale for this month. It's called their Spring Cleaning Two for One Sale, and the best sale to come around from Oric in a long time. Anybody in need? of the famous 8-pound Auric XL Upright that they've always wanted can save up to $220 right now. Take advantage of this sale if you can. First, choose your Auric XL Upright model, then add your choice to Super Buster B Attachment Vac or the all-new Auric Power Brush Hand Vac and Spot Cleaner or the Auric Dual Power Broom Vacuum. All the combinations are specially priced to sell now. So see the selection that your authorized Oric dealer has to offer and ask about their no-risk shopping policy. In Marshalltown, your authorized Oric dealer is 13th Street Vacuum. In Ames, your authorized Oric dealer is Ames Sewing and Vacuum. Or call 1-800-328-9430 for the Oric dealer nearest you. To our phone lines here, the fella is uh, Dr. Greg Bonson. By the way, he has an interesting uh, a tape series, a three-tape series of three lectures on this subject, and along with a study guide that I have found extremely useful. I'll tell you more about where you can get that in a little bit. But right now, Doc, let's talk to some of our listeners, okay? okay. And let's go to Steve. Good morning. Yes, uh, I have a question for Dr. Bonson yeah. about his just war theory. First of all, I, I agree with his analysis of the Persian Gulf War. Uh, but yeah, I would I like really to do. ask him this question. According to Jesus Christ, uh, an act is good and acceptable before God uh, as it touches upon the heart affections and motives. And I'm wondering how you can formulate a just war theory when the, the leaders of our nation may not be Christians, their motives for war do not reflect critical biblical thinking nor justification. Or to ask the question in another way, more related to your profession as a minister of the gospel, how does the 16th chapter of the Westminster Confession on Good Works uh, fit into your just war theory? Because according to this chapter, in uh, this chapter, paragraph 7, a work to be good and acceptable before God must proceed from a heart purified by faith, done in a right manner according to the word of God and done to the right end the glory of God do we ever have the hope therefore of having a just war I know we can't see the hearts nor read the hearts or motives of our leaders that propose wars but we can certainly judge if there's any evidence of critical biblical thinking and justification and and my question is a serious question because I've tried to think through this 
how can we have a just war if our leaders are almost self-confessedly secular and atheistic in the way they talk about war and justify it. Yeah, and, and, and they have some goal like um, like uh, instituting some kind of a new world order as being an underlying feature. And, uh, thank you, Steve. Uh, Dr. Bonson, go ahead. Well, I think that's a very good question, and I think uh, Steve will find it helpful in trying to work it through to distinguish between what is a good work before God for an individual? Let's say George Bush on the Day of Judgment, when God examines his heart and evaluates it, what will count as a good work in terms of this question of war? Steve has brought up a good point. If he's not doing this in a way to glorify God and submit to his word and so forth, then George Bush as an individual will answer to his maker for that. But that is a different question from the socio-political, ethical question of just war. Just war and good works are not the same thing. The same Westminster Confession of Faith in chapter 23, Steve says, it is lawful for Christians to accept and execute the office of a magistrate when called thereunto, in the managing whereof, as they ought especially to maintain piety, justice, and peace, according to the wholesome laws of each commonwealth, so for that end, they may lawfully, now under the New Testament, wage war upon just and necessary occasion. So the issue here in the confession is what is a just occasion for war? Totally apart from the heart motives of the individuals involved, what outward affairs in the world would justify engaging in violence against your neighbor? And I believe the answer to that is only when it's in self-defense. I don't believe you have a just occasion for war when you're trying to protect your um, your lifestyle or... Or your oil supply. Yeah, your oil supply, what have you. Okay. But um, it's one thing to say that the occasion is just. It's another thing to say that it's a good work for those who are involved. What do you, how, how about this? If we had a, 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 a mutually defense treaty with Kuwait, and we literally owned the oil fields or had a, had a, a big chunk of the action... And it is not our, uh, do we, would we have an obligation to defend, therefore, our property? Well, the, real, the question is, <clears throat> could we, if we were a Christian nation, and I know that's speaking as an ideal, we are not at present acting as a Christian nation, but if we were a Christian nation, would we ever have the right to help an oppressed people, like, say, the Kuwaitis in that situation? And I believe that the answer is yes, under the appropriate circumstances. And those circumstances would be, that the uh, Kuwaiti people would accept not only the privileges of American citizenship, that is to say our military protection, but they would accept also the responsibilities of American citizenship. And um, I would have no difficulty, conceptually anyway, with the idea of oppressed people around the world asking to become another state of the United States, in which case we can throw our lawful protection and military might uh, behind an effort to... Uh, to save those people and extricate them from the butcher of Baghdad. And yeah, so forth. you know how well but that's going to that, You know how well that's going to go over. <laughs> oh, that's not going to go over well. Yeah, Kuwait being our fifty-first state. <laughs> well, they, they wouldn't wish to do that either. Yes, and, right. and that points out again part of the moral hypocrisy yes. of our being involved there. That what these people want are the protections of citizenship without the responsibilities. 
and I think that is uh, it's wrong for any individual. Not only that, we were precluded from even having Christmas celebrations uh, and, uh, uh, and and exercising our own faith as far as uh, individual soldiers is concerned while on foreign soil. You know, obviously that offends me as a minister of the gospel. If, if uh, Now, I realize that a large number of the soldiers there don't have any genuine religious interest in Christianity, but for the sake of those who are there, if uh, the Kuwaitis uh, or if uh, the Saudis want a Christian nation, or, or at least the nation that has its Christian tradition and people who are Christians to come over and to protect them, I think it's totally wrong morally for them to interfere with the uh, with our pursuing our own religious ritual and our own religious conviction. Uh, Doc, I need to take a time out here. We're going to take a short time out. Dr. Greg Bonson is on the line. Uh, I know this maybe is the most unusual conversation regarding war that you've you've ever heard, uh, but if we use the term uh, 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 "Operation Just Cause," what does that mean? Well, this fellow has tried to figure it out, and he said, "Huh, uh weren't a just cause at all." Back in a sec. It's five before the top of the hour and ten forty WHO Radio. A lot of you have questions. This is really uh, one of the more unusual conversations we've had recently. Doctor Greg Monson is here, and he says. Uh, as a theologian, he says uh, our most recent endeavor and in incursion into the Middle East was not justified, at least from his uh, theological background. His name is Dr. Greg Bonson. By the way, if you would like to get uh, this uh, tape series or uh, get more information about any of the books that he's written, here's the number to call. It's 916-916-268-3914. 916-268-3914. Doc, let's talk to some more folks, okay? Go ahead. And uh, this is uh, J.E. Good morning. Good morning. What do you think? Well, first of all, just cause wasn't what they called this last military. That was goes back to Panama. That's what they called just cause. But um, I had a question for the doctor. Um, he seems to be, if I understand it, he disagrees with military uh, maneuvers military intervention in a case where we are not directly in threat ourselves. Um, the problem I see is, does that mean that he also would oppose humanitarian aid to the Kurds or um, humanitarian aid to Bangladesh or any of that kind of intervention in the internal or external affairs of another country? Good question. What do you think, Doc? Well, I'm not at all against the humanitarian efforts to... Uh to help the Kurds or to help the people of Bangladesh and so forth, but I am against the government being the, the source and provider of that uh, charity. I, uh, throughout Christian history, Christians have been able to help other people and to help other nations that have gone through disaster and so forth without the government putting its sword behind the efforts. The only problem I have, then, with intervention uh, of a humanitarian sort is when the government takes it upon itself to enforce it with threats of imprisonment and so forth uh, because people don't pay their taxes and then the tax money is used to do this. I think voluntary uh, organizations like the Christian Church, the Red Cross, and so forth uh, have every moral right to offer that when it is desired and acceptable uh, to the people receiving the aids. I'd agree I'd, I'd agree with you doc except for one one case we unleashed the terrible wretched uh, activity against the Kurds and encouraged them to rise up against uh, Saddam Hussein uh, causing the carnage uh, in essence against the the Kurdish population don't we therefore 
um, have a degree of responsibility for bailing them out uh, of activities we encourage them to do in our behalf. Uh, Jan, we don't disagree on that at all. When I was answering your caller, I was trying to lay down uh, the more general moral premise that humanitarian aid is morally acceptable when it's done through a voluntary organization we, and so we forth. But now what we have to do, we just have just a second, complicated Jake. situation where our government has wrongly entered into the internal affairs of two nations. And we have, I agree with you, I think we have encouraged the... Uh, my other point is, um, what about a situation where a country... Jay, Jay, if you could speak, come in. Jay, speak up for it. Hang on, Doc. Finish your point, J.E.? We were asked by more than one country to come yes. in and assist. And do we then look at them and say, well, I'm sorry we don't get involved? All right, I got it. All right. Doc, what do you think? We were invited by numbers of nations to get involved, and, to, and we, we all sort of agreed to do it. Yeah, and prostitutes invite their johns to get involved, too, and that doesn't make it morally right. The fact that the Kuwaitis may have wanted us there, and I say may because there are questions about that, too, the fact that the Saudis may have wanted us there does not mean that God has given to this nation the right. Remember, American lives were lost in that. Praise God, not as many as might have been in previous wars, but the fact is we lost lives, we lost a great deal of money, which we are all paying for. And the question is, has God authorized this nation to use the money and the blood of its citizens to engage in that kind of... Uh, a crusade. All right, hang on to that. We're going to come back. Thank you for your call there, J.E. Those of you on the line, if you can stay put, do so. I've asked my guests to stay with us. Check out the full interview and the rest of the Just War Theory collection now available on Canon Plus. Just click the link in the show notes to start listening today.